Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Over time, numerous conspiracy theories have emerged, and one in question appears to be of ancient origins. These narratives, often shrouded in mystery, have persisted through the ages. Exploring the depths of this particular theory unveils a horrific tale of blood sacrifices, human trafficking, satanic magic, and apparently astrology. This allure of tragic tales transcends the boundaries of time. To unveil the intricacies of the Red Shoes Conspiracy, we must dive into several key topics that collectively paint the complete picture. Our explanation will encompass symbolism, delving into the significance of various symbols, astrology, where celestial influence may play a role, and the intriguing realm of secret societies. By examining these aspects, we aim to gain a comprehensive understanding of the mysterious narrative surrounding the Red Shoes Conspiracy. Let's explore the intricate role that symbolism plays within the realm of cults, how it serves as a language, an identifier, a form of ritualistic expression. First up, we have iconography. Cults often create unique symbols or icons that hold deep meaning within their group. These symbols aren't just mere images, they're emblems, tattoos, and ritualistic objects that reinforce a sense of belonging and alliance. Speaking of objects, there are ritualistic objects. Cults love to incorporate specific objects or artifacts into their rituals, each carrying symbolic significance, whether representing spiritual concepts or displaying levels of power, conveying hidden messages, meanings. These objects are a crucial part of the cult experience. Now, on to colors. Cults assign meaning to certain colors. These aren't just about aesthetics. The choice of colors in clothing, ceremonial items, or decorations convey messages relating to the beliefs, the initiation stages, or specific events in the cult's narrative. Now, numerology takes center stage in some cults. Specific numbers are believed to possess mystical or sacred properties. Depicting the structure of rituals, the organization of the groups, or representing profound spiritual concepts. Now, animal imagery is another fascinating aspect. Cults often use animal symbols to represent qualities they admire or seek to embody. 
these creatures might also be associated with spiritual entities or serve as totems with special significance. However, some cults use sacred geometry. They embrace symbolic geometry patterns, associating them with divine properties or esoteric knowledge. These patterns find their way into architecture, ritual spaces, and ceremonial objects, adding more layers to their symbolism. Last but not least, codes and ciphers. You see, cults often develop unique codes as a form of secret communication among members. These coded messages not only reinforce exclusivity, but also deepen the eternal bond of the group. From ancient times to modern cult societies, the number 13 holds a fascinating place in various cultures and belief systems. To begin our journey, we turn the pages of history to biblical times. The infamous Judas, the betrayer of Jesus, is often referred to as the 13th disciple. The 13th chapter of Revelation is reserved for the Antichrist, the beast, adding a eerie layer to the symbolism of this number. However, beyond religious texts, the number 13 weaves its way into the natural world. There are 13 moon cycles in a year, a celestial dance that has captivated human imagination for centuries. And in the realm of tarot, the 13th card is named Death signifying not only the end but also the potential for a new beginning. Some tarot decks leave the 13th card a mystery, symbolizing uncertainty, hesitation, and transformation. But why does the number 13 hold such significance in cult societies? It's a disturbing connection when we explore the alleged crimes committed by these groups. The age 13 appears as a haunting commonality, with victims claimed to be of this age, or even younger. These sick and twisted individuals manipulate symbolism to fit their narrative, using the number 13 as a tool of control and fear. Now let's shift our focus to another powerful symbol, the color red, often associated with sacrifice, danger, and courage. Red's duality mirrors that of blood, just as blood can represent life or violence. Red is paradoxically linked to notions of danger and anger. Matadors, for instance, use red capes not to attract the bulls, since bulls are colorblind, but to hide the bloodstains of their gory sport. Seeing red is an expression associated with uncontrollable anger, and red flags serve as warning signs in various aspects of life. This color is also connected with financial loss. As we unravel the layers of symbolism around the number 13 and the color red, we gain insight into the ways these symbols have been manipulated and twisted by different groups throughout history. It's no secret that Hollywood has its share of corruption. Allegations swirl around this industry, casting a shadow that's hard to ignore. From whispers behind closed doors, to blatant accusations. The dark side of Hollywood is a tale that has been told in hushed tones. The Me Too movement emerged as a powerful force, bringing to light allegations of sexual harassment and abuse within the entertainment industry. Hollywood, it seems, was not immune to the pervasive issue. The movement sparked awareness and ignited calls for change. 
exposing a side of the industry that may wish to have been kept hidden. Beyond the sacrifice, there are concerns about powerful imbalances within Hollywood. Accusations of exploitation, discrimination, and abuse of power have been leveled against some individuals and entities. So as we peel back the layers, we uncover a complex web of relationships and dynamics that contribute to the darker side of the industry. Movies, often seen as mere entertainment, can sometimes serve as a canvas for deeper messages. Symbolism is woven into the fabrics of films, leaving breadcrumbs for those who dare to follow the trail. Consider classics like The Wizard of Oz, where Dorothy's red shoes take on a mysterious significance. Or let's dive into the world of Stanley Kubrick's Eyes Wide Shut, fantastic film. A film that unveils a secret society hidden in plain sight. The idea of red shoes has its roots in the constellation Alphucus, often depicted as a serpent bearer standing with one foot in the red part of the Milky Way. Alphucus is a word from ancient Greece, meaning snake bearer, and was alternatively known as Serpentarius in ancient times. The concept finds its origins in Persian traditions, as described in the coronation of Zath, the Romans and Byzantines later adapted it, symbolizing royal power through red sandals or boots. The association with royal power extends to the serpent holder, giving rise to symbols like thrones, scepters, orbs, coronation rituals, and red cloaks. Interestingly, something similar was employed by the Muslims, further illustrating the widespread cultural significance of this concept. Even the Catholic Church, red shoes take on a unique meaning, representing the spilled blood of martyrs who follow in the footsteps of Christ. The parallels between Christ and the serpent holder are noteworthy. According to the concept, when Alphucus stepped on earth, a sea of fire was created, destroying the physical world. The symbolism is echoed in various religious and cultural narratives. However, not all associations with red shoes are that positive. A conspiracy has emerged, linking red shoes to secret symbols for pedophiles and child abuse, particularly in light of revelations about pedophilia. Now, this has led to automatic suspicion for those who wear red shoes, especially within religious circles. As we explore this multifaceted concept, it's intriguing to find echoes of red shoes in art and music. Take for instance the legendary David Bowie, I love David Bowie, but in his song, Let's Dance, he sings about putting on red shoes and dancing the blues. Red shoes share symbolic value with various elements such as the red carpet, red dress, red curtain, red veil, red rose, blood, and phrases like blood on the dance floor. Each of these connections adds to the narrative. In Roman mythology, there is a figure known as Asclepius, a figure who sought the secret to immortality by observing one serpent healing another with herbs. Asclepius's quest for eternal life, however, took a tragic turn when Zeus intervened, fearing the implications of widespread immortality. The king of the gods struck Asclepius down with a lightning bolt. Yet, in an intriguing twist, Zeus later acknowledged Asclepius's virtuous deeds by granting him a place among the stars. The Babylonians, too, had their own version of this figure, called Nera, 
a god depicted with a human upper body and serpentine legs. The symbolism of the serpent as a healing force transcends cultures. We see it in modern medicine today. But all of these different versions of Ophiuchus takes on yet another role in astrology, where it stands as the 13th sign of the zodiac. Now we know astrology is not actually a science, but it does play a significant role in shaping cultural beliefs. Ophiuchus represents those born between November 30th and December 17th. Now why did we talk about astrology? Well, as we connect the dots between Roman and Babylonian mythologies, astrology and cultural beliefs, it becomes clear that this constellation holds a special place in the collective imagination of secret societies. Now one last thing I will talk about before we get into a discussion about this particular conspiracy is Pizzagate. This conspiracy theory emerged at the end of 2016, following the election of Donald Trump as the President of the United States. Okay, so picture this. A man armed with an assault rifle storms into a Washington pizzeria, claiming to be on an investigation. This incident was fueled by the bizarre belief in a conspiracy theory that accused Hillary Clinton and the Democratic Party supporters of running a child trafficking operation on the premises of this pizza restaurant. This conspiracy theory believed to have started with QAnon. So, believe with caution. Of course, we're talking about the dark and mysterious world of cults. Cults have fascinated people for centuries, drawing them in with promises of enlightenment and belonging, only to ensnare them in a web of manipulation and control. These insidious organizations prey on the vulnerable and the curious, offering them a sense of purpose and community that they will be lacking in their everyday lives. But we aren't talking about just any cult, we're talking about satanic cults. These dark encounters happen every day, hidden from the prying eyes of society. Cults, with their magnetic pull and deceptive allure, have been at work for centuries. From the infamous Manson family to the more recent 764 cult. However, I find myself wondering whether this phenomenon originated during the Satanic Panic, or if its roots extend much further back in time because everything discussed today seems to be intertwined within the realm of satanic cults. While these groups often deny their classification as cults, subtle indications emerge pointing to practices such as manipulation, brainwashing, and control. Cults tend to exploit vulnerable individuals, drawing strength from the power dynamics inherent in their influence. It raises questions about the historical evolution of such movements and their impact on susceptible people. Now, there are different forms of Satanism, and not all involve cult-like behavior. Some self-identified Satanists follow atheistic or philosophical Satanism, which doesn't involve worshipping a literal Satan, but rather uses Satan as a symbol of individualism or rebellion against authority. On the other hand, Theistic Satanists believe in and worship a deity they identify as Satan. Some may incorporate elements of occult practices, rituals, and symbolism in their worship. That pretty much echoes what we're talking about today. Now, in a nutshell, the Red Shoe Theory is celebrities 
royals and politicians, you know, the elite. What we consider the elite, right? Yeah. All wearing red shoes made from human skin of children that they have hunted and murdered. Do you know the actor Macaulay Culkin? Yeah, he isn't he the guy who did Home Alone? Yes, he was that child actor. Hollywood is ruled by satanic pedophiles, according to former child actor Macaulay Culkin, one of whom boasted that the flesh of the late child actress Heather O'Rourke was used to make his shoes. A number of websites released articles in December 2017 claiming that Macaulay Culkin claimed in a radio interview that these people dominate Hollywood and ceremoniously slaughter children. On December 12th, three slightly different versions of the same story were posted on Your News Wire, Neon Nettle, and News Punch. The following is an expert from the story as it appeared on Your News Wire. Hollywood executives are bloodthirsty Satanists who ritualistically abuse children in the industry, according to Macaulay Culkin, who claimed he only got out alive because he was a smart, suspicious kid who got too famous to be killed like some of the other kids. You learn very early to recognize which of them want to abuse you, which of them have even darker tastes, Macaulay said, explaining that the worst of them wear shoes made out of skins of children speaking on radio in Paris, France. Culkin said, Have you seen leather products made from human skin? It has a very unusual, distinctive look. I learned at a very young age to identify it. The News Punch article said, Hollywood is controlled by satanic pedophiles, according to McCoy Culkin, who opened up in a radio interview describing how one Hollywood executive tried to get him hooked on crack at the age of 11, and boasted that his tailor-made leather shoes were made from a dead child star. Macaulay Culkin claims Hollywood executives sexually abuse and murder child stars and use their skin to make not only boots, belts, and wallets as well. They call them skin trophies. According to all three websites, the radio interview happened in France and was first covered by the French media, who subsequently purportedly remove all references to it. Naturally, there is no proof that anyone has said any of this. There was never an interview as claimed. Additionally, Macaulay Culkin hasn't said anything in any other interviews. He has not been one of the many former child stars who have come forward to admit that there is a serious underbelly of a problem in the film industry. So yeah, of course, no one is going to admit any of this was said or that it happened. And it's up to you to decide if you believe it or not. And this also has been linked to something called Pizzagate. Do you know what the Pizzagate is, Conrad? I do. Yeah, so at the end of 2016, right after the election of Donald Trump, there was an incident where a man with an assault rifle burst into a Washington pizzeria for an investigation. Pretty weird. They claim that that was a front for child trafficking. Yeah. Yeah, he was, there was a theory that had been circulated around online that in the basement below the pizzeria, there had been a, a bunch of children being kept in cages. And so he read these theories, he believed them, and so he went down there and he demanding to be taken down into the basement. And as far as I know, he never found anything that looked like a basement door. So he was in arrested, I believe. 
the whole thing that I found about the Red Shoes conspiracy, right, is that it's uh-huh. kind of linked to a secret societies. And we've talked about secret societies before. Powerful elites, yeah. they do all kinds of crazy things and get away with it because they can. And a lot of it is child trafficking, really. And what they end up doing with it now, I'm not saying is um, selling children for the purposes of Red Shoes, but I'm not saying that they're not. Because you don't know what these people are doing. Mm. Pizzagate, I guess, is kind of considered somewhere in the middle of that as well. When you look up the conspiracy of the Red Shoes, you don't really find a whole lot of information, really. Just basic information like what I told you about. I think the most I got was from, like, Reddit post. Because there are no websites talking about this. And uh, there are no YouTube videos talking about this. You have to dig really far a lot of times. But yeah, Reddit is one of the better ways to... (laughs) I found out that Reddit and Quora are pretty good places to find obscure things. Well, yeah, Quora is kind of one of the ones you wouldn't expect it. But here's another place that I found a really good source. Not a source, but it'll tell me where to find what I'm looking for. Is comment sections on social media whether it be Mm. youtube or i guess instagram like anything where somebody can reply back and start like a comment thread because somebody will say something and then you'll go down to the comment section and somebody will mention a name or something Mm. you go well what's this name and you can look up that name and then that name will be more obscure and will take you more to a place where you want because like all the main key things have been buried under mountains of information sure if you look up say if you're trying to find a conspiracy theory and giving it like an analogy to the jfk assassination you're trying to find out about the jfk assassination but let's assume it's an underground conspiracy that's being buried in the algorithms if you look up jfk oswald or mark ruby you're not going to find anything but if somebody mentions the name of the doctor that was did the autopsy sure and you that guy's name will link you to the sources that you want I see. That, that's that been one of the best ways that I found information. Well, actually... unfortunately, there are no names attached to any of this. That, well, that's been I, the I, really hard part. I believe that. Yeah, you can look. There, okay, so there have been a lot of people who wear red shoes. And it's not necessarily well, an I mean, indication like the, of. The leather shoes. The ugly red leather shoes. Oh. Those yeah. are the ones. There, there's a whole lot of red shoes out there. But right. we're specifically talking about the ugly red leather ones. See, what I've found that even plain red shoes that aren't leather are a secret symbol for these pedophiles. That seems to be commonly agreed upon from what I found, right? Of course, if you, I don't know, go out in town and your average Joe's wearing red shoes, that's probably not what... (laughs) (laughs) Probably not what it means. But in terms of celebrities, politicians, uh, the royal family, yeah, that's supposedly the secret symbol for. Well, I don't think that you would just wear the secret symbol anywhere. It's the sort of thing where it's like you have a secret group meeting of like the KKK. Not everybody's going to show up. You'll be walking around doing every their everyday life things in their KKK uniform. But if you go to the KKK meeting, you can assume that that's where you're going to have different people wearing the uniform. And then you're going to have the other mm. people who were just visitors at the social event of whatever social events KKK members go to. But, you know, it'd be that sort of thing. The people who are wearing red shoes would only wear it to the event where they know that there's going to be a lot of the other 
people who are going to be in the red event thing because it's like a communication thing. I read every choose so you know who is who. But the question, I guess, then would be, I'm supposing the people, uh, the other people who are at the party also know and they know whether or not they are supposed to wear the, the red shoes or whether they're not supposed to wear the red shoes because they know that the red shoes are an indicator. Because a lot of people wear red shoes, so you would only be able to use the red shoes at an event where everybody knows to self-select red shoes or not. So that way there's no confusion. Because I guess it'd be a terrible thing to be, oh yeah, oh I didn't know you were one of the red shoe members. What are you talking about? Oh, you know that thing that we do, the blah, 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 blah. I'm assuming it's just something that they wear, the, the special red carpet walks or whatever. Yeah, interestingly enough, the red carpet also popped up as like symbolism of the, the very same thing, which doesn't surprise me. I mean, Hollywood is pretty weird. Yeah. I think that this sort of thing, because uh, did you ever find, I guess it would be tying things into a, a different topic, but Bill Clinton and Jeffrey Epstein and all of those folks, did you ever find any link or information that sort of linked the political cabal of the pedophilia rings with the Hollywood or are they two separate rings? Well, what I'm wondering is, do all the elites participate in one ring or are there dozens of rings where there's different groups of elites? Kind of like there would be the different gangs or whatever. Like this is the gang of the red shoes and this is the gang of the... I know what you're saying like, now. Uh, no, I think they're different groups. Yeah, I think that makes sense because... I mean, Jeffrey Epstein is somewhat on the lines of that, but I would say not to that extreme. I definitely have some of that for the Bill Clinton episode. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, obviously. If you didn't. But if you look at like, all the different things that different political members have been caught with, not just Bill Clinton, but all the, the scandals sure. and that sort of thing. And this goes all the way back to whenever throughout history of leaders and uh, having scandals and that sort of thing in the courts of old. But it does seem as though that the, the political group has their own system of trafficking. I, I don't know if there was like the thing of, I don't know, sharing interns or anything, but it does seem as though that they the circles don't mix between the political world and the movie world, that each group seems to have their own drug dealer, so to speak. Well, I say that, but then I'm thinking, Dr. Feelgood, wasn't he both in the, uh... No, no. See, if you think about it, JFK was introduced to Dr. Feelgood through the celebrities that he knew from, like, the Hollywood side. Marilyn Monroe. So... I would still say that there are uh, separate groups that do different things, but I, I would also say it probably wouldn't be unusual if, say, one politician dipped their toes into this other thing. Yeah, yeah. So I would say they're not exclusively separated, but for the majority, I think, I definitely think this whole Red Shoes conspiracy is definitely higher on the list of like more of like Hollywood elites. Yeah. It's just crazy to think about. There was one guy who tried to trace it all the way back to Babylonian times when the pharaohs wear some kind of like red sandal. <laughs> Not really a shoe. You know what they wore back then, right? And uh, they had uh, child sacrifices. And they think that that tradition carried on, but in a much more gruesome way throughout the years. Yeah, I don't think so. Because uh, if you track the Egyptian practices of the pharaohs and that sort of 
of thing. That all ended with the invasion of Rome. Well, the pharaohs anyway. The Romans got rid of the pharaohs, so they would have ended the red slipper problem right there. Well, not necessarily, because the Pope wears exclusively red shoes. And have you seen the Pope's red shoes? They are horrifying to look at. Huh. When you really think about it, Conrad, what is the the common downfall of the Catholic priests? What are they always getting in trouble for? Little boys. Yes. I want to make it clear that my intention is not to speak negatively about the Catholic Church. Instead, I am addressing the actions of individuals within any religious community. It's essential to recognize that the Catholic Church, as an institution, has not engaged in any wrongdoing. Instead, my focus is on the human element, as individuals, regardless of their religious affiliation, play a significant role in the shaping of perception and practices associated with any faith. By acknowledging this distinction, we can foster a more nuanced understanding of the complexities within religious communities and work towards addressing issues at the individual level rather than contributing them to the entire institution. Huh. So did they really end it? I, I guess you might have a point there, because although the Roman Empire was opposed to human sacrifices, I suppose they maybe wouldn't have, I mean... Well, you also got to remember that, yes, the Roman Empire did away with a lot of the old traditions of the Babylonians and the Egyptians and stuff, but they gave ultimate power to the Vatican for them to do whatever they wanted. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, because, you know, you're beginning to persuade me here. I'm beginning <laughs> to go, yeah, maybe this does go back to ancient Egypt. Because then if it goes through the Catholic Church, I'm like trying to figure out what's the next step. How does the Catholic Church end up into Hollywood? Because the... Uh... Catholic Church was involved a lot with the Italian cinema and a lot of Italian director in like the 60s and 70s and even the 80s became popular in America. There wasn't any known cases of red shoes in Hollywood until around the 80s. Okay. So, yeah, that's just my theory, and I kind of wanted to see what your thoughts were on the whole red shoe conspiracy. Well, okay, my uh, initial reaction to it is I am highly disturbed. As am I. When I was reading all this, I um, I just, I was like, I don't really want to read this anymore. Yeah. I've been reading, uh, what was it called? I, I forget what it is. The Japanese scientific experiments in Korea. Ugh. Anyway, it, it feels like more of the same. Senseless. Ugh. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, so my next thought is, of course, the, the gut reaction of, of you know this something this terrible couldn't happen right in front of us. Well, obviously, we know about it, but if you look at human trafficking that's happening in the United States, you know the known human trafficking that mm-hmm. we know about, and what the FBI and the other uh, government agencies report annually, you know that it's it's increasing in volume rapidly. Right. It, it does seem kind of odd because I can't think of a, a single person in my life that's, you know, they say, oh, yeah, so-and-so had a child that was kidnapped or something like that. But then again, it's also very, I can only think of like two people that, yeah, they had a family member that was murdered. So I guess you wouldn't expect it to be all that common to hear about it. Yeah, probably. So if it's possible to have such a high amount of human trafficking in the United States, I mean, there's all that's going on around every day. You don't see it. So 
if it's in Hollywood, but why would you expect Hollywood to be more moral than the American criminal world, right? Mm, Hollywood's right. not really known for its um, Definitely not. That sort of thing. So you would expect there would be criminals inside of it just the same. So I, you start thinking about like that and you go, ah, well, I guess such a thing is possible. And so you don't want to just count it out because it's too horrific and you can't, you don't want to even stomach it. I definitely see it pretty plausible. For one thing, yeah. because it's happening in Hollywood. Where is Hollywood? It's in California, right? Yeah. What is the uh, nearest country to it where you can pretty much get away with anything? Are you talking about Mexico? I am talking Are you about talking- Mexico. <sighs> if you actually look at the rate of missing children in Mexico, it's high. Yeah. No, I had I didn't know that. So it's very hard. It, look, even if you think back to when we had that crazy um, debacle happening with the border, right? All these people started coming in and they started separating the families from the children. And uh-huh. they had children separated all together in a cage. Yeah. Do you know what happened to the children? Uh, I do not. Does anyone know? They supposedly sent them back, but I mean, you never know. Right, right. And when you're talking about immigrants, yeah, and these people and are not, thing. these people aren't accounted for for us. Right. No one's going to go looking for a missing immigrant child. Right. And their parents aren't going to have the resources to no, try and they're get not. An investigation. And if they try to do anything about it in their own country, they're not going to get anywhere. Right. Huh. Because the government is just as, if not even more, corrupt in Mexico than it is here. The next question that my my brain then grapple uh, has difficulty grappling with is why would anyone ever want to do that sort of thing? Why would you take pleasure in harming someone just for a hideous pair of shoes to brag to your friends about how terrible you are? Apparently, it's just a trophy. It's a trophy for the hunt. Yeah. And, uh, well, we know that there are plenty of twisted individuals in the world that uh, have no problem sleeping at night doing what they do. Yeah. Anyways, all this apparently is... Is baseless claims because the quote unquote QAnon group brought it up. You can't talk about any of these things that we have discussed today without talking about QAnon. Now, if you don't know, QAnon is a far right wing conspiracy theory that has captured attention and sparked controversy since its emergence in the United States in 2017. You can trace its roots back to online message boards like 4chan and later 8chan. And it all began with anonymous posts claiming inside information about a global conspiracy. The movement gained traction online and attracted followers curious about these, let's call them, mysterious revelations. At its core, QAnon alleges the existence of a secret global cabal of pedophiles and Satan-worshipping elites. They apparently targeted then-President Donald Trump. The conspiracy theory suggests Trump is actively working to dismantle this supposed deep state, with an anonymous figure known as Q providing cryptic clues about these activities. Now let's break down some of the key points about QAnon. As I said, it originated in online forums. Then it gained traction with supposed unfounded claims, spread through social media, then had followers believing in this deep state global pedophilia ring. 
with secret plots against Trump. What's the impact? QAnon has not only spread online, but has also entered the real world with organizing offline events, getting involved in political activities. However, all of this just gained more criticism. The FBI even classifies it as a domestic terrorist threat. And despite widespread debunking by fact checkers and dismissal by the mainstream media, QAnon persists. Many of its claims have been discredited, but the movement continues to have a following. So what do you believe? I have no question that sort of thing happened. When you got a child actor like Macaulay Culkin coming out giving interviews saying this thing happens in Hollywood, it almost happened to me, and then the interview gets deleted officially, well that just makes me believe it even more. Yeah, and I had a thought. Truly a terrible world we live in. So, do you know when the uh, Red Shoe Conspiracy started? Because I think that it actually might predate QAnon. So, it gained heavy attraction in 2020. Uh, 2010 is when people really started talking about it. But you got to remember, Pizzagate happened in 2016, right? Yeah. So, even that predates QAnon. So, people are basically discounting it just because QAnon brought it up. Yeah. Which, to me, is pretty ridiculous. I know they say outlandish things sometimes. I don't always agree what QAnon conspiracies say, but I don't know. Before before I close this episode segment, I just want to add that I'm not saying everything I said and came up with for this theory is correct. I'm not saying they're positively getting people, children, from Mexico or anything like that. But I'm not saying that they're not. I'm not saying it's not plausible. I'm saying it is plausible and a lot of it could add up. You know, things like this, you will never know the truth for unless someone just comes out, spills the beans on this secret society that the Red Shoes is a part of or whatever, these Hollywood elites. But it's a very disturbing theory that I will probably never talk about again. Well, I, I suppose one way or the other, the idea would be that it's not really something that's going to affect your day-to-day -day life hopefully doesn't but uh something that's probably closer to you uh, to focus something that's uh, more closer to you yourself would be just the average child abduction and that sort of thing because it is a big problem in the u.s so i i, I forget get exactly what the numbers is but i think it's like something like one out of seven children or something like that is molested by the time that they are uh, adults or something it's an outrageous number yeah and allow uh, children to know that that if they don't feel comfortable with uh, something that they can always have somebody they can come and talk to about that sort of thing because if you take the example of uh, that actor that we were talking about when he was approached by a fella yeah Macaulay Culkin yeah he was saying that he felt uncomfortable if mm. you, you make sure that children know that hey if certain things happen and you feel uncomfortable or somebody's talking about you know running away from home or they're joking about kidnapping you or Somebody on the internet's trying to get you to do, you know, incorrect things. That they have someone that they can come and talk to would definitely be a good step as well. So that would be my takeaway. Hollywood is full of secrets and lies that often overshadow the glamour displayed on the silver screen. It will destroy you, control your every move, and leave you with nothing but a shattered soul. There are no victors. Only the wrenched remnants of a soul ensnared by the insidious mechanisms of an industry steeped in pure evil. The media 
manipulates narratives to create a false security that traps the weak, acting as a puppeteer in this theater of evil. Individual identities are given up to the altar of mass consumption, and the industry creates a cacophony of misery for its own sinister gratification. There are no survivors in this evil terrain, only the dead. Victims of a battle that is fought against the very hearts of those who dare to enter its sinister grasp. Hollywood is a sanctuary of absolute evil, and I can't stress that enough. This is where aspirations are consumed, and the deceptive appearance of success conceals the unending torment of those who venture to join the demons of cinema. Well, that will conclude today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to email me or Conrad, you can do so at bizarreconspiracies at gmail.com. That is all one word, bizarreconspiracies at gmail.com. And don't forget, we are on YouTube now, so come join us for some live streams. Again, thank you for listening, and as always, we will catch you in the next episode.